If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave, back at it again for yet another week. Let's jump right into what should be a very interesting Pokemon Worlds, if this player chooses to compete. You see, a legendary player is going to potentially return to Pokemon Worlds after six years on the sideline. So one of the greatest of all time video game championship series winners is Aaron Cybertron Zing. Or Zhang, uh, he has officially secured his invite to Yokohama, Japan to compete in the 2023 World Championship. It would be his first appearance at the major event in six years. Now, the VGC player is known for his YouTube channel, which has gained over 200,000 subscribers since he started way back in 2010. Between content creation and competing, he's also been busy with school, career, and commentating events such as Knoxville and Portland Regionals this year. A run at the June 10th to 11th Fresno Regionals didn't start out great for him. Uh, he missed the deadline to submit his team for the Fresno Regionals, resulting in an auto loss for the first round of the Swiss stage. This meant he would need a 6-3 to record or better on day one of the tournament to secure his world invite. He ended up going 8-1, to undefeated on the first day, with the exception of his first round penalty. So he ultimately finished in 24th place at Fresno, but regardless of the result, he earned enough championship points to qualify for Worlds this year. This would be the first time he's competed since 2017. Last year, he flew to London for the World Championships, but not to compete. He instead took on the role of an analysis on the couch segment uh, of the tournament. During that time, he also mentioned his dream of winning world someday, and he'll probably get that chance this year if he decides to go. So based on his strong performance in Fresno and Vancouver, he would be among the top North American players to watch out for at Worlds alongside Wolf, Justin, Emilio, and many more. The Regulation D rule set for Worlds is expected to give us the wildest meta so far in Scarlet and Violet, with the main event set to begin in mid-August. Now, as of June 12th, uh, Zeng told Dot Esports he hasn't committed to competing at Worlds just yet. He may have to choose between competing and commentating. Which, I mean, I get it. You want to be there for Pokemon to commentate. But honestly, man, I would pick competing. Like, it's been six years since you've been able to compete at Worlds. Dude, take to competing. There are so many other analysis and and YouTubers, and so on and so forth, that can take up the role of commentating at Worlds. Take your time to compete. Because, again, it's been six years since you've been able to compete at a Worlds. 
I think you're well overdue to actually have fun and compete. Enough sitting on the sidelines. Go after that trophy, buddy. You clearly deserve it. Next up, yet another theft. Yeah, you heard that right. So, suspects are sought after $700 worth of Pokemon cards were taken. Uh, this happened in Guelph, Ontario. Police are looking for a male who removed cards and met up with a female outside. So, police are looking for two suspects following a Thursday evening theft of more than $700 worth of Pokemon cards from a South End business. The investigation began Friday when police were called to a Stone Road West business to invest investigate thefts from the previous day. According to a police news report, the male was caught on video removing $589 worth of cards and leaving the store, where he met up with a female before returning to take another $154 worth of cards. The male is described as white, about 30 years old, 5'9", with a slim build. At the time, he was wearing a red, gray, and black jacket with a light blue button-up shirt, jeans, a baseball cap, and black-rimmed glasses. The female is described as white, about 20 years old, 5'6", with a slim build and brown hair. At the time, she was wearing a white tank top, white sweater, green track pants, and red running shoes. Anyone with information about the theft is asked to call police or crime stoppers. Uh, I mean, when are we going to stop with the thefts, guys? I mean, I, I, I get it. Pokemon theft? I mean, trading card games... In general, thefts have gone through the freaking roof. I, I, I get it. People think they're worth a lot of money. Actually, yeah, they are worth a lot of money. I mean, in this case, they stole $700 MSRP worth. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, I mean, and that's the thing. If it's singles, good luck tracking that. Um, absolutely good luck tracking that. Uh, if it's a, well, I mean, regardless, if it's a booster box, uh, ETB, Good luck tracking it. Um, it's not like a comic. Like, for instance, when there was degraded comic book thefts. Uh, I mean, these idiots don't realize that there's barcodes, right, on the actual slabs. And they're all individually barcoded with their own individual code. So, if a store has, say, 20 slabs of comics stolen... They can just go online and say, hey, everybody in this general area, look out for slabs 1 through 20. Here's all the barcode numbers. Well, if somebody goes in to try and flip this comic to get some cash, they're just going to look up that barcode number and go, hey, uh, yeah, this is one of the ones that you stole. And then you're shit out of luck. Uh, when it comes to Pokemon, especially, again, singles, you're, you're screwed. There's no way... You're probably going to get that back. Uh, for instance, I mean, well, unless it's like a super rare card, like one in a million kind of thing. Uh, PSA 10, or not even, like, you know, raw, shadowless Charizard. The chances of somebody having that in your local area after, you know, trying to sell it after a theft and, and saying, oh, no, 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 I, I didn't steal this card, I had it in my collection. Uh, that's a little suspicious but i mean just your standard full arts rainbow rares golds stuff like that good freaking luck you can pull those you can buy them on ebay yeah i mean you can buy and sell those all day long you don't know if it's stolen and good luck trying to track it um 
it, it, it's stupid. It, it sucks. I mean, we I spoke about this on both this podcast and the Poke Cave After Dark podcast about how do you secure yourself? What happens if somebody steals from your store? So on and so forth. Um, unfortunately, I, insurance. And then again, like Cam McDonald mentioned from the Cave Collectibles. Sure, stores have insurance, but insurance may not cover single cards. They might secure or they might insure sealed product, but they won't secure or insure single cards because the price can fluctuate. One day that card is worth $10, the next day it could be worth $20. How do you insure that, right? You, you just don't. Next up, how do Pokemon centers stay in business? While healing Pokemon is essentially free, how do they make money to keep the doors open? So, trainers can heal their Pokemon and even stay the night at Pokemon centers seemingly free of charge. But they must get their money from somewhere, right? I mean, everything costs money. Even in the world of Pokemon, I mean, no money is ever shown being exchanged on screen, but there are constant talks of what things cost and having to pay for them. However, for some reason, Pokemon centers never seem to come up with this conversation. Now, Pokemon centers are somehow free of charge for trainers. This reflects how the games don't charge trainers to heal their Pokemon, but that still doesn't explain how it's possible. In the anime, trainers even eat and stay the night, like they're at a bed and breakfast. Nobody talks about paying for that, either. Without an explanation, fans have been left to speculate on where Pokemon centers actually receive their money from. So, where exactly do they receive their funding? Well, some theorize that Pokemon centers are funded by their local Pokemarts. Trainers will buy all the supplies they need and more to ensure that they're ready to travel on the road. Some of this money might be sent to the Pokemon centers as they can keep their business open that way. Now, this theory gained credence starting in Gen 5 when the two establishments were merged into one building. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Pokemon Centers might also be backed by the Pokemon League. Among other events, all sorts of Pokemon-related events would require trainers to keep their Pokemon in top condition. Like gym battles, league battles, contests, showcases, the island challenge. Then there are all the local anime exclusive competitions like the Poke Ringer, the World Cup, uh, the po- uh, Ping Pong Tournament, the Club Battle, the World Tournament Junior Cup, and various races. All of these events would need trainers to visit the Pokemon Center to ensure their Pokemon are ready for what's to come 
in that event. If all these events donated just a little bit of their money to make uh, they, they make to their local Poke Centers, that would easily make up for all their free treatments, right? So, Pokemon Centers could also get funding just as any healthcare system would. Besides donations, the funding could come from general taxation to the country or municipality. Social health insurance, voluntary or private health insurance, or out-of-pocket payments, if it was a general taxation, that would remove the need for an explanation entirely from both the game and the anime. Now, since the Pokemon world heavily reflects Japanese culture, Pokemon centers might rely on social health insurance just as Japan does. Alternatively, all trainers could have a private health insurance plan that allows them to use Pokemon centers whenever they need to. This responsibility would also explain why there's a minimum age requirement to be a trainer in the first place. Even if that age is a little young, out-of-pocket payments are highly unlikely for how big an operation Pokemon centers run. For all anyone knows, the Pokemon centers can be kept running due to multiple sources of income besides taking money directly from trainers. However Pokemon centers stay in business, trainers are probably grateful for the service. The comfort of going to one of these safe havens for them and their Pokemon to rest up seems like an incomparable one. They probably do have to pay for it in some form, but it's not something they have to trouble themselves with when they walk through the front doors. And finally, we all remember Chilling Rain, or like some of us like to call it, Chilling Pain. Well, you would be surprised to see what some of these cards actually go for. So, of course, the TCG is ever-changing and unpredictable market. Over the past two years, we've seen a renewed interest in the hobby due to a number of factors. The 25th anniversary, strong Sword and Shield era sets featuring stunning alt arts. Of course, there was influencers, box breaks, pandemic lockdowns, pushing people to find hobbies, and much more. For a time, sets and cards that were readily available quickly became difficult to find. Now that the hype is settling down, let's see where modern sets stand. Today, we're going to look at Chilling Rain, which came out in June of 2021. Let's see how they're doing two years later. So, first off, these are all from TCG Player, like the, the actual values. And the values are as of June 9th. Okay, so keep that in mind. Number one is Blaziken VMAX Altart Secret Rare. Uh, 201 of the 198, it's currently going for $227.48. Number two is Kalarian Moltres Altart 177, 198, it's going for $129.91. Shiny Snorlax Gold Secret Rare, uh, number 224, it's going for $78.31. Number four is Shadow Rider Calyrex V Max Altart, number 205. It's currently going for $56.96. Galarian Zapdos V Altart 174 comes in at $56 for number 5. Number 6 is Zerozora V Altart 166. It's currently going for $54.73. Number 7 is Ice Rider Calyrex V Max Altart Secret Rare 203. It's currently going for $45.07. Glaren Aracuno V Altart 170 for number 8 is going for $43.83. Glaren Rapidash V Altart 170 for number 9 is going for $40.93. Glaren Slowking V Altart 179 selling for about 
Clara, full art trainer supporter, 194, is going for 3397. Psychic Energy Gold Secret Rare 232 is selling for $30.12. Tornadus V Alt Art 185 selling for $27.84. Shallow Valor Calyrex V Alt Art 172 is selling for $25.79. And finally, number 15 is Fog Crystal Gold Secret Rare 227 is selling for $25.56. Now, of course, the biggest drops for Sword and Shield Chill and Rain this month are the Galarian Rapidash V Alt Art, which is a relatively small drop, and the Fog Crystal Gold Secret Rare, which is a similar drop in dollar amount, but means more overall due to it being a lower-valued car. Mostly, though, this TCG set has remained the same in the secondary market. So, I mean, let's see what happens in a year, right? You never know. And on that note, I say... That's the end of this episode. I will see you guys again next week for another brand new episode of Pokemon Cave. I like to try and keep these ones short. I mean, you know, we all have a short attention span sometimes. And I figure a short episode means you can binge listen to a couple episodes in a day or in an hour. Whatever suits your, your style. So, I mean, give some other episodes a listen. Go back through the archives. We're, we're almost pushing... I think we're over 100 episodes or darn near close to 100 episodes uh been at it for a couple of years now actually uh usually doing an episode a week uh in earlier days it was pretty sporadic and then i just became much more steady at it uh, and here we are today we've had a couple of different co-hosts over the couple of years uh, primarily more solo now but i like to do have a guest on every so often uh, if you would like to be a guest on the Pokey Man Cave podcast, or even the Pokey Cave After Dark podcast, which actually centers around literally everything. Early 2000s, late 90s, modern stuff. doesn't have to be Pokemon related. It can be Yu-Gi-Oh related, Digimon related, Magic Gathering, uh, pop music, you name it. It can be literally anything and everything. Uh, currently, right now, I'm doing a couple of murder um, trials on the podcast from back in the day. Um, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. If they're popular, maybe I might continue doing that for a little bit. If it's not so popular, I'll, I'll switch courses and start talking about something else. But, again, if you want to be a co-host for, for a day on this podcast, shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll put my... My Instagram name down below in the description. And uh, yeah, get a hold of me and we'll make something work. Take care, everyone. And I'll see you again next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.